0: Welcome to On the Edge with April Mahoney Brains. This is the spot right here, the place where the conversation is pointed and the guests are sharp and the responses are never dull. Today we have Angela, Angela Carrillo. Uh, We're going to talk about recovery, talk about abuse, Talk about the lies we tell ourselves. Talk about courage and strength. Her amazing company and what she's doing and her work in that space of recovery. We're going to have a real candid conversation. Because folks is doing the most, okay? And one of them is self-medicating to hide the pain. Some of it is, you know, addiction based from prescription drugs. Some of it is shame. Some of it is abuse. We're going to touch on a little bit of all of that. Uh, What makes us go cuckoo crazy. (laughs) (laughs) How are you
1: doing, Angela? I'm doing great. Thank you. Good to
0: be here, April. And hello to all your brains out there. What? Okay. She's speaking right here. Okay. I need y'all to pay attention. Pay attention because this is serious. We're going to talk about some stuff that is really going on because, Angela, have you been there and done that? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think in a lot of ways, we've all been there and done that. It's just the that changes, right? That changes. The that changes. The that is how we respond often to what's going on inside of us.
0: Girl, don't talk about response. I have been having that conversation. I just went on a trip to Europe. And before I went, I was just, you know, in my feelings. And I said, I'm going to go and release. And the first thing I got in my morning meditation was a new mantra. It's Mm. all in how you respond. Mm-hmm. It's all in how you respond. Cause I turned sixty, you know, so I got that I don't give a shit grin. <laughs> Whatever happens, happens. You know, at this point, I figure I have a rite of passage. But you still have to be very gentle with yourself.
1: Yeah, I think it's important to right. You said something about getting that mantra right in in your meditation, and whether it's trauma from you know your childhood or even just from life, the way that we react versus respond is very different right a react isn't always really from the truth of who we want to be in this world that reaction can often be from those wounds within us so it's a sharp kind of a a reaction it's generally the one that gets me in a lot of trouble right pausing is right. very important you know pausing right? But
0: see, I you speak. know what yeah pa- before i speak but you know what that pause sometimes can also be a blocker Because when you're trying to rectify a situation with someone, maybe, I was just talking to a moment before I came in the green room with you on betrayal. She's an expert Mm -hmm. on betrayal and recovery. Mm -hmm. And what she said in five minutes to me was so profound. You know, and again, it's all about your trigger and how you respond. But sometimes the world can be unyielding, Angela. Yeah, it
1: can They can. And I think sometimes, you know, the way, you know, it's fight, flight or freeze. And now they're talking about fun, right? There's fight, flight or freeze and your trauma responses. And then there's fun that people pleasing that need to make sure that everyone likes you or that you don't upset anyone, you know, And, and April, I agree with you. There's a time when, when you do need to use your voice, you know, I come from a space where I didn't use my voice for many years in business, in relationships, through domestic abuse, um, becoming a successful woman so you're right I hear you there's times when you need to speak and there's times when when you need to pause to kind of collect hey where do I want to go from here what do I really need to say what do what about me needs to speak right now is it the part of me that thinks I'm not enough or is it the part of me that is enough or is it even worth speaking about it all hundred a hundred percent and if I'm not going to talk about it though I can't don't go shove it down. Right. Right. You
0: you don't ingest it. Exactly. You know, you got to, you know, I call it a life colonic. You got to clean that shit out. (laughs) (laughs) You know, there's also a saying in the recovery
1: world, you know, that which you suppress will express, Mm. right. It'll come out somewhere else on the, on the freeway when you're in traffic and someone cuts you off and your reaction is disproportionate, you know, or in the grocery aisle, you know, if, if, if we don't, If we don't process it through, it's going to leak out somewhere sideways, you know?
0: So we get to this place. We arrive. We get to our aha moment. I don't like this life. I don't want to do it anymore. Breaking that habit, breaking that cycle. You got to break it down to build it back up. What do you say to that person that's right there, right now, listening to you? They're just, they've had enough
1: you know, there's that saying, right? You got to break down to break through, right? I call it fall to fly. You know, you can't fly if you're not going to fall. And there's been so many times in my life where different pieces of me have had to be broken for me to be able to put myself back together in a new way. So I think for each person, it's so different, April. It's so different to be able to step inside of yourself and say, I don't want to do that anymore. I don't care what you think about me. I want to be true to myself. I want to create the life that I want coming from my values and beliefs. And
0: it can be tricky though, too. Yeah, it's a roller coaster ride. And then you got those outside influences. Oh girl, ain't nothing ever going to change. Or you know, this, that, and the other. And your money's still looking funny and you change looking strange. Your man's not coming home. And then you turn to you know, uh, the the person that agrees with you, and that's the drug. Mm. Uh, drugs are dangerous brains, <laughs> okay? They do- hijack your brain. And, and let me tell you something, the thing that you think, brains that you think is funny, but I'm going to run a show on it too, is this weed. Weed used to have a mystique to it. It used to be hippy-dippy, you'd be happy, horny, or hungry. Now... They've got this gasoline weed, where it's 38% THC. Yes, brains, I've done my research. <laughs> Mothers lived. <laughs> but uh, now it's turning into a psycho-reactive a, a psycho, psycho reactive or something in the brains. They want to legalize mushrooms. People are trying to justify this. Why can't we just be comfortable in our space? Why is it so difficult just to be who we are in this space without having these... Uh, substance alter our behavior?
1: April, that's a big question, right? As an interventionist and the CEO of a company that supports families through mental health challenges with their loved ones and or addiction, addiction is a mental health issue, right? It's listed in the diagnostic statistics manual that diagnoses bipolar disorder, borderline schizophrenia, and their substance use disorder. So it depending on who you're having a conversation with, your conversation is going to be very different. What I do want to say about cannabis is that over the past couple of years, we have seen more cannabis-induced psychosis than we have seen in years before. So we do know overall as a population that cannabis is creating psychotic episodes in individuals where, I, I mean, it's a little... As a professional, it's funny, not funny, but we used to say, hey, back in the day, my day, I'm 57 years old, back in the day when, when, when we smoked pot, I'm in recovery, right? And when I was using drugs and when I was in my addiction, smoking pot left you, your, your face hurt from smiling too much, you ate too many Pop-Tarts and you took a nap. That's not what's happening today. That's not where these young, these young adults are going. They're going to psychiatric units. Yes. They're in lockdown hospitals with psychosis that sometimes mm. doesn't clear. So it, it's a different situation now. And, again, and it's you know,
0: legal. Pretty, yeah, but, the, and this is what they're doing. They're putting it in gummies and they're, uh, let me tell you about this. Quick little story. I run into a 420 party. I had no idea it was 420. I was following the reggae band. When I got in there, this young woman started, uh, do, do you want to try the wax? Do you want to try it? I said, wax, what, what is that? So it's like a liquid, you know, they've synthesized it like they did cocaine. You know, cocaine once upon a time was a leaf brains. (laughs) Now it's a rock or it's a a powder that you can inject in your veins. Okay. So people are busy out there. You better watch the trickery. Anyway, I get in there and she puts this piece. It looks like a honeycomb stuff over the weed. Yes, I'm watching brains. I told you I pay attention. And they light it and it melts down over the weed. And this big plume of smoke, like when they smoke those vape things and they get all this big plume of smoke, and her body just slithered down like a lit. I thought the poor thing was going to die. I thought she was literally going to die. And I just don't understand why you got to be so high. What is it down here on the ground that you don't like, that you got to be so loaded? And respiratory. Respiratory disease. Uh, COVID was a respiratory d- disease, and you going to s- still smoke cigarettes? I was in Europe, and they still smoking cigarettes. So addiction is addiction, and it shows up in so many different forms. Uh, addiction to food, addiction to sex, addi- addiction to gambling. What is that? Is that what fires the endorphins off in your brain? What is an addiction?
1: Well, and you know, April, it's interesting because, and and I don't know you well, but you come across like a woman – you have a will, you, you, you're strong, right? Addiction. I'm a strong woman. And yet I was in the, I was in the grips of addiction for over 20 years. I did things that made no sense. I, you know, I smoked cocaine. I snorted cocaine. I used drugs, uppers, downers, all around her. So, and, and that doesn't mean I'm weak. That doesn't mean I'm not smart. That means that addiction is powerful, right? right? Addiction, and, and the way that it moves, it controls the mind of a person. You also asked a very important question, which I live a lot of my life trying to help people find within themselves is why. Why are you getting high? What you said, uh, and I paraphrase, what is it down here on earth that's so bad that you got to be so high? Well, you know what? It depends. It's what's inside of you that's hurting that you can't address, that you won't address, that you're too afraid to address to address that you thought someone who loved you when they did something that you thought was love wasn't love and you realize that when you're older and the pain is so great that you can't in that moment because nobody taught you how to engage enough with that pain to be able to heal from it so it's a great question because it's a big question and it's it's why i customize care right for each person That and then let's not get into this because you know this better than i know this then let's talk about society then let's talk about systems then let's talk about poverty then let's talk about what i call donut i call donut shops and liquor stores right certain neighborhoods have donut shops and liquor stores on every corner and certain neighborhoods have whole foods and you know pilates so you have a social injustice and a systemic issue as well that's contributing to this
0: epidemic. And these, and these, again, like I said, these dispensaries go they everywhere. It's absolutely, everywhere. it's absolutely everywhere. everywhere. And you know what else, brains? I'm gonna let you know. Weed stinks. <laughs> it used to didn't even smell like this. It's just, I don't know, when people are just walking around like zombies, and then they wonder why, you know, they're judged. Uh, They wonder why they can't get the help that they need is because society is normalizing it. It's okay. Where do we set up boundaries? How do we set up boundaries when a person's in recovery?
1: That's an interesting question as well, right? And especially so individuals like myself who are in recovery... That's a personal decision. What are my what do I define recovery as? For me, recovery is I don't use anything that affects me from 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 the, the the neck up, right? I don't use any drugs today. That's what I had to do. Some people may not have to do that. Like I'm not the one who says, "Well, you're not in recovery if you don't do it my way." Yet I invite you to look at is the way you're doing it working for you, mm-hmm. right? Is, is the way you're committing to be your highest self working for you? And if it's not, then that's the place that you start. That's the place that you start asking yourself, who can help me? How do I get help? Where do I go? You know, in a 12-step process, which is not for everybody, it is how I've stayed sober for, you know, 25 years, it's free. You can go to a meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotic Anonymous, Cocaine Anonymous, Al-Anon meetings when you love somebody who's struggling for free. And you go in there and you become a part of something that changed. In 1997, I was not, you know, a CEO of a company. I was a girl who had no money, no car, two boyfriends. I was lying. I was cheating. No job. I couldn't I couldn't get my life together for year after year after year. And I didn't understand why. And one day I walked into a meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous and you know what? I began to understand why. And then they taught me how. Mm. And
0: then my life changed. It's the why, the how.
1: The why, the how, right? And the who. Right? And
0: and the who. The one
1: day at a time. And it and affects, one day at
0: a time. It affects, come on, there's like going to jail. Everybody's had somebody in their family that went to jail. Everybody has had a person in their family that's on alcohol, drugs, whatever the, the, the situation is. And they sweep it under the rug. Uh, they allow it. They become the enabler, you know, because you want to help this person. You don't want to see somebody out on the street. A girlfriend called me and my mother and told us that her mother was in the hospital. And I knew that she was a former user. I didn't think she was using at that point. So me and my mother broke off a little change. Two, three days later, now mama's at the hospital and they need some food. Oh, the plot thickens. You have to watch uh, the conversation of people that you know are an addict. It's hard to find that balance because you don't want to cut them off, but you don't want to see them struggle. What do you say to the enabler?
1: You know what? It's an interesting thing. The first thing, I put my hand on my heart for people who... um, are enabling because they mean to support more often than not or they're coming from their own unhealthy you know adult children of alcoholics like myself that came from alcoholism the coping skills we learn to have relationships are ineffective you know i came out people pleasing in my house you better be careful because you're walking on eggshells in that house and anybody who hears this right now you know, I know April loves to call you guys brains and and from my heart to your brain and from my heart to your heart there's ways we grow up where we learn to have relationships that don't help us and they don't work. So to someone who's supporting enabling, here's the thing. If somebody's an adult, they can't be abandoned. They they get to make their own decisions. And if you're supporting them, then you're helping them from a place of supporting them, but not doing for them what they can do for themselves. And when I work with parents all day, look, nobody wants their kid on the streets and definitely no parent wants to stand over their child's coffin because they've died from addiction and that's real. And remember that that $20 that you're giving them when they're in active addiction and that bed that you're giving them and that shower that you're giving them is making it comfortable for them to stay where they are. Ouch. So the chance of them changing where they are to move somewhere that you'd love for them to be is less likely because they're comfortable Mm. and it's hard. I can't just say, Hey, you need to do this because that's disrespecting something biological in a parent. A parent is biologically created to protect the very thing that came from their body, from their essence. So this is hard stuff. So no shame and no judgment and Find yourself an Al-Anon meeting. There's many of them. Find something that works for you. It, and it, if you need help, there's plenty of resources out there. It's just the about being
0: willing. Yeah. But you know, the guilt that comes along with that, if the, if the child overdose, if the child dies by suicide, you know. Well, I, I, I challenge that. that.
1: How I about felt, the well. guilt that comes from, how about the guilt that comes from them overdosing on the 20 bucks of dope you just put in that needle for them? How about that? Right. So, so let's just pay attention to what we're feeling guilty about. Let's pay attention to what we're doing and pause and not react because we're so scared. We're in a crisis and remember, and it's okay. Look, I say to parents all the time, if you want to do that, that's okay. That's your loved one or even husbands or wives yet. Let's be honest with ourselves. Where's that money going? Where's that? conversation headed and are you scared because coming from fear isn't going to get you to solution right coming Uh, from faith can
0: well we live by faith and not by sight so when you're not doing the heavy lifting of renewing and 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 sewing back the the broken souls what the heck do you do for fun (laughs) (laughs) someone
1: just asked me the other day and i said you know, this is a hard question for me to answer because I love what I do because what I do comes from who I am. Right. And um, you know, I, I am writing a book right now and does that qualify
0: as fun? Kinda for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know well, what, whatever however you get down. you know. This but yeah. no, everybody does it a little bit differently. You know, they do it a little bit differently. You know, do you cook? Can you I smoke? do
1: cook, I love being with my friends. Um You know, I like being out in nature. It's something I'm getting back to, you know, for any of you brains out there that are entrepreneurs, you know, starting a company is a lot of work you give birth to something through a creative process so I'm not ashamed to say hey that's been my world for seven years and now I have a beautiful, incredible, talented team. And I'm I'm looking to explore. You know, I I'm I'm headed to Italy in the near future.
0: It's it's a long-term goal. I just went, I just came back two and a half weeks ago. You You did? baby, you will be forever changed. I went to three countries. Oh, I'm so excited. Ten cities. And you know how many homeless people I saw, Angela? None. Five. Five. Yeah, that's a whole other conversation. Unsh- un- unsheltered people and the food is from farm to table and just, girl, just go and just let yourself be free. You know, it's wonderful. Tell me about the body art. What does that say? What's your story?
1: So, oh, I, wait, I forgot it backwards in the Zoom. I was <laughs> <laughs> leaning the wrong way. This, uh, this, oh. this is an important tattoo for me. Um, wow, that's it's incredible. actually, yeah, it's actually <clears throat> my life story um wow. I went to an incredible tattoo artist named Daniel Werder over at Boer Tattoo in Los Angeles and I, I I gave him my life story and he was able to capture every piece of it in this tattoo and um I left a little at the bottom undone for whatever the universe and and the rest of my life see
0: fit uh yeah I love this one yeah, that's beautiful. That's absolutely yeah. beautiful. So, if you had three wishes, what would they be?
1: One, I wish that I that when that when I die, I know I've lived my life. Um, the second is that I wish that I can experience a level of joy and freedom in this human experience that is at its highest peak and the third is that my legacy be that my life gives life to others that it's purpose-driven and that when i'm done i want to be all used up by the time i'm out of here like a
0: tube of toothpaste, <laughs> girl, toothpaste. you know my niece cut the toothpaste thing open girl Sticking the cheese. I've done
1: that. I've been that poor. I know oh, I'm not saying she's poor, but I've been that broke. She's frugal. You, <laughs> oh, she's frugal. I I'd op- I'd cut that open. And, you know, I, I did not come. I, I had a roof over my head and food in my belly, but I did not come from money, anything. I was just looking around this weekend. I was with a, a friend of mine and we were talking about about life. And she was asking me questions about my life in a very intimate way. And I looked around my house and went like, I know what, I know what it's like for those of you who are working hard. I know what it's like to work for everything you have, like everything, one piece at a time. You know, I believe that miracles happen and success happens in the inches and the seconds in between each time we make. You
0: you have to be prepared because it's not going to fall out the sky. uh,
1: No, you have to work and you have to opportunity and timing you've got I'm to get home. there. Yeah. You can't just sit home and wait for someone to <laughs> knock on the door and say, Hey, uh, I was holding your life. You. Are you ready? She's
0: clearing house. You <laughs> know, <laughs> really yeah, you ready it, to do it. <laughs> it is. And it's, and it's evolution, but you got to be willing to do the work brains. Mm. Okay. That that's just the bottom line. You know, you have to know when to put it in, get it in, spin it around, sit it down. Uh, because, life is a fleeting second a nanosecond in the grand scheme of things i was in italy i was in the vatican girl wait till you go through the vatican we off the green screen i'm taking i mean off the camera i'm going tell you about that girl It's, some, it's something going down oh yeah, girl, that, wait, yeah that's, when you're in, <laughs> that's the whole thing <laughs> yeah but when you're in a situation like that of mind development uh and you don't edit and filter and have the capacity to know what you want out of this and what's important to you and what holds value. You go through your whole life and it's a damn blur.
1: April. And how do people know as a coach too, right? Like how do people know that that's something that's very important to me is like like we said, right, there's the why, but then how? Like a lot of people have big dreams. I had, to, I had mentors who I was looking down the field and they were like, Angela, but where are you standing now? And where are you gonna go in the next five yards, the next 10 yards, the next? And I think a lot of us, you know, I wanna say to people who don't have resources or people who even do, i did a lot of youtube videos a lot of podcasts like this a lot of things that were just accessible to me where people taught me what they did you know there's a success principle right you want something someone has you got to do what they do so i think the how is we can there's so many resources i love how you bring women of and men and women of many different walks of life to your podcast, to let your brains and, and your people hear. And one of the things I want to say to you guys is, yes, opportunity matters. Yes, there will be a moment in your life, many, where opportunity and timing and you saying yes is important. And you're going to have to get some of the education on your own if you, if you, if you don't have it given to
0: you. Like, you got to go out and get it. That's, God blesses a child that's got his own. Yeah. You know? Uh, because uh sometimes i tell my kids all the time sometimes you got to pay for your lessons mm-hmm. and it could be skin in the game it could be money it could be relationships oh but you gonna pay the piper absolutely yeah. but the things that don't kill you brains only make you stronger yeah okay and angela is here to make us stronger tell us what is inside the pages of your book uh what we have to look forward to as we conclude and also how to get in contact with you Absolutely. Um uh, the book I'm I'm in I'm in the pretty early
1: stages of development. I actually just named the chapters the other day and I'm working with a writing midwife, uh, who oh. I wouldn't be able to do it without her because she's literally pulling the book out of me. But the 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 premise of the book is really going to be around the places as people um that we're hiding, right? Like where are we actually hiding within ourselves and and how do we find ourselves within ourselves to then come outside and create a life and actually the in the book in each chapter there's a concept or or a pain wound that's been healed that i want the reader to look within themselves and find and then i'll guide them through some exercises and in in where to go and provide resources and then eventually there'll be some workshops coming off of that so that's that's big that's big vision dream stuff that I'm, that I'm headed towards. And uh, yes, I'm doing it. I'm working on my vision board. Right. Well, look what you've done. Look at look have, what you've created. And
0: it's been amazing. It's been em- amazing. But now uh, I slowed down this year and I'm just, I'm kind of, ha- I'm really happy about it actually. Uh, because now it is allowing me and I've been calling the universe and you know, playing my sound bowl and going to drum circles, really trying to spark that creativity. What else is uh, What else is out there? How can it get any better than this? What else is possible? I keep asking myself because I'm hungry, you know. And life is about hunger. Yeah. Life is a smorgasbord, brains. You can go back over and over again, and they have so many things to choose from. It's hard so to be much. hungry when you're high because you okay. can You can't. You can't. <laughs> Except for the next hit,
1: right? And then you wow. just stay in the same place year after year after year. Wow. And, um, you know, how to get a hold of me is is my company's name is Brass, B-R-A-S-S, Tax, T-A-C-K-S, Recovery. And uh, wh- whether it's a service that you need from us or or maybe just a conversation with me, you know, whatever I can do to be helpful. And I'm so grateful to be here with you, April. And I think there's the perfect balance that you bring between allowing the universe to, to create, to help you create your life, get up off your butt. Cause you're going to have to do it. No, one's going to do it for you. And also you're going to have to love and forgive yourself through the moments when you stumble. Cause you, you got to
0: fall the fly. You got, you, you got to, we're here to catch you on the edge brains, right? Cotton pig in here. <laughs> we got your safety net. Uh, I want you to go in <laughs> and love, like, and share, love, like, share and subscribe. You know, Angela, um, she didn't have to do this. You know, she could have made her money in doing something else. But what she decided to do is pour back into you. Don't be an empty vessel. You know, even if you are a vessel with holes in them, baby, they can be plugged. Oh, yes. Yeah, can. So uh, thank you so much, Angela Carrillo. You are the queen. Back at you, April. Well, thank you. And
1: goodbye, all you brains. Have right, a wonderful, brains. beautiful day. Get yourself together. <laughs>